Welcome everybody to another Couple Nurses episode, episode number 115. And remember, make, a, make sure you follow us on YouTube, check out our vlogs, check our episodes. We're live everywhere. We're technically not live, but we're on every platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. We're on Patreon for a bit, but we took that off. But, but yeah, make sure you give us some good ratings. Some comments are always appreciated. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you dislike, what ways we can improve. And don't forget our website, couplenurses.com. So what are we talking about today, Matt? So on today's episode, we're going to talk about everything end of shift, how to end your shift, how to make that awesome note because it matters, and everything that comes to giving good report when it comes to end of shift. Mm. So you know that anxiety or that time like, oh, damn, we have to, I have to wrap up, wrap up the shift. How's my patient doing? Did I turn my patient? Are all my drips good? Did I do all the orders? What am I missing? What were my outputs? Like you have all these questions running through. And I think it really matters as a nurse to have a solid end of shift. Yeah, it's also one of those things where you're going to improve on it gradually, especially as a new grad, you're not really going to know what key points to highlight. So I like it. If you're a new grad, always try and keep it short and to the point until you realize what things you have to add on to it. And then you can kind of expand. Yeah. But try to at least nail all all the systems, all the subgroups in just like a narrow, streamlined fashion. Because we don't really have time to ask you or teach you on, on the spot every time. So just keep it short and sweet. And then your fellow seasoned nurses will always give you some good feedback, good constructive criticism on how you can improve and what to add. Exactly. And you'll also get a report back. So you could also pass on the things that you enjoyed hearing during your report. So if you're hearing something like hourly outputs, Every report, you're not, you're not giving hourly outputs, then maybe you should probably start giving hourly outputs. You make a very good point. You learn by mimicking behavior. Mm -hmm. And a normal report should last anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, all depending on what specialty you work in. Mm -hmm. I think in the ICU, it takes about 10 to 5 minutes. If I'm coming back, it's under 5 minutes to admit 5 minutes. I'm giving pretty brief details of how my shift went, the tests that I did, procedures, mm -hmm. What did a doctor say roughly based on consultations? Any kind of medications I would change, the plan of care, and anything else. Yeah. Yeah, mine I would say probably is anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. I time myself the last times, and usually if somebody comes on, like last time I timed myself, I, the night shift nurses came at like 7.06. And I got done with the report at about 7.26. So about 20 minutes roughly. So it's like 10 minutes, 10 minutes per patient. And if you think about it, in this hospital we work at currently, mm -hmm. night shift gets on maybe at 7.05 p.m. because there's always a huddle. Mm -hmm. And we usually leave no later than 7.35, 7.30. So you're looking at about 25 minutes for two patients in the ICU, get everything yeah. done, laugh around, and just leave. Perfect. So it's, pre it's pretty pretty efficient. Yeah, it's and, business. And you have those mid-shift nurses. You feel like you can't wrap up your shift. You have some charting to do. You could call them over. Hopefully, it's not a busy shift, and they could kind of cover some regular patient care, and you could get that done. Yeah, and every every nurse always asks this question last. Hey, are you back tomorrow? They always ask that, and because if someone is back tomorrow, then you're going to give a short short report, probably like five minutes, and then you're out of there. So it's always so convenient, so clutch to have the same nurse come relieve you as you've got a report from. And I feel like that question is so much more valuable on night shifts mm -hmm. because. As a day shift nurse, you kind of know the synopsis of what's going on. You rounded with the doctors, essentially. Mm -hmm. On nights, whatever happened yesterday is just word of mouth from the day shift nurse. So you kind of have to say the same thing because that day shift nurse will ask probably very 
specific questions depending on the nurse. Yeah. So sure. I always had that thing like, damn, let me let me read these consultations because I have no idea what's going on. You have those busy shifts like, damn, I didn't read a single note. Yeah. <clears throat> definitely. At nights, it's a big thing reading notes. I read my notes on days, but I've definitely read more notes on nights than I, than I have time for, for on days. But first things first, when you give a report, is always make sure the patient assessment is still updated and accurate from the prior assessment. So check on your patient. That comes first before you even give a report. The next nurse is coming on, you have to make sure your patient's squared away, make sure his vitals are good, blood pressure is at an appropriate level. Are they, are they tacky? You know, are they hypotensive? What's going on? Do you have any kind of signs and symptoms? Has the urine output dropped in the last couple hours? Like, what's going on? You want to square your patient away so you're giving them at least a stable and decent starting point for the shift to come. Yeah, and always prioritize them and make them smile, make them feel positive because that anxiety that you relieve from the patient, that trust that you build, I always tell them, you have any anxiety, any stress, you know, situations, questions, leave all the worrying to me. That's why I'm the nurse. And they always have that sense of trust from me. And I feel like that makes my shift easier because they have less questions, less like, you know, that whole fear thing of what's the plan of care. Right. And a, a good rule to always go by is to square your square away your patient by, I'd say, 6 o'clock. If your shift ends at 7, square them away at 6. That means you're not going to change or adjust anything after 6 p.m. That has a potential to change your patient status. So at 6 o'clock, I'm not titrating any more drips. If the patient's hanging out, and he's stable. If the map goes above is above sixty five, and a patient's at, at eighty five map, and and like it's six ten, I'm not gonna titrate it. Yeah, because I could drop the level by like two point five mics or just a little bit. Sometimes even even one mic and makes a giant difference. And your patient now is hypotensive, and you gotta mess around with them. So or yeah, then you then you kind of get then you kind of get get behind your work, and you get stuck charting late, and it's just it's a pain in the ass. Or you have a patient on a Presidex drip, mm-hmm. and you decide to titrate so the patient is a little bit more awake. You know, you're charting RAS go negative two, mm-hmm. but your RAS is like negative three. You want to wake the patient up a little bit. Six, 15 hits, but within that half an hour, patient is a little bit more awake, probably pulls a couple IVs. You got some blood on. Now you're changing the sheets. That, that happened too many times. Yeah. And that leads to the next point. Like when it comes to end of shift, like tidy up your room, you know? dedicate that last half an hour to make sure your outputs are documented all your drains are emptied jps ng tubes you know clean out the suction the chest tube intake and outputs turning your patient sometimes you might deal with that um 7 30 o'clock med mm. you might have to kind of chart it back to you know 6 45 to give it or you might push it to eight depending on what's going on yeah i hate a bad pharmacy usually where you always have to request meds and the last thing is like, I feel like 7 p.m. and 7 a.m. is like this golden hour that, yes, you're supposed to tidy up the room, but things are always happening. Patient always wants to, you know, use the commode, last minute bomb movements, the lunch tray comes, you're setting that up, you have to give insulin, AccuChecks, like that, that, that end of shift is never, never smooth sometimes. Yeah. You can yeah. make it, but it's just, there's a lot going on always. Yeah, for some reason, it's just that, that time. It's, it's weird and, you know, people will understand, nurses will understand this. This gold now. Like Last minute RTs. Yeah, of course. And also you want to make sure that all your drips are in check. So you want to order the next the next round of drips. So if your maybe purple fall is is halfway full and you don't have an apixis or let's say probably fentanyl, I guess in certain cases, amyo. If it's like 100 mLs left and medication is going at like 25 an hour, so it's four hours left, just order it. Even though there's still four hours left of it, 
just still order it. That way, they don't have to order it when they get on shift because it's busy in the beginning. And sometimes pharmacy takes a little bit of time to get the medication. And you don't want it to run dry. You rather have it just sit there, like prior to it running out. That way, they could just hang it at you know, four, 10 p.m. if they're coming at 6. Yeah, and, th- and those are like one of the pet peeves that we covered at one of the episodes is like... When lunge, lines two dry run. running dry, yes. And I had that happen just two days ago. It, it was a new nurse that started. I know that because I asked him on night shift and he set up the Cardine to literally run dry. Like it was, he set it to 500 mLs and the tubing like went past the chamber where I had to take it out of the cassette and back prime it. Damn, that's annoying. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's well, every nurse's pet peeve. Because imagine if, if Matt didn't have the time to hang a new one or pharmacy delayed or guess what, somehow there's a shortage or a pharmacy said they tubed it, but, but they didn't. And, you know, it's hostile problems and tubing is dry. So always put like 20 milliliters less of the medication that you're instilling. So if your medication has 100 ml, set it to 80 Right, just just like, just like that. That way, at least it alarms and you have some time to order it. Yeah, and good perspective is if you have a patient with a you know brain bleed that just had surgery, you're trying to make the systolics under 140. Your drip runs dry. Now you have like half an hour to 45 minutes of delay. Your patient's hypertensive. You know that's not looking good. That's not that's not safe for the patient. Yeah, and it's, and it's just annoying. You're just adding stress on the next shift, and you're resetting really up somebody up for failure. Right. Plus, it's just like. The, the constant troubleshooting, which is annoying. So just avoid that by being proactive in that aspect. So the next thing when it comes to end of shift is giving a good end of shift report. And I feel like this is critical because if you miss specific things that are important, things could happen. Errors could happen. Just like at our one facility worked at, the whole potassium case, right? Mm-hmm. They missed it in report. No one discontinued the orders. No one checked the lab values. They hung potassium IV again. There was a cardiovascular event, patient passed away. That's an issue. Yeah. So, or even in Oakland where somebody uh, hooked up some tube feet to a central line. Yeah. It's wild. And that's why I'm not a fan of the eight-hour shifts because the continuity of care is bad. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give a report to the same nurse. So sometimes you, as a shitty nurse, you're going to feel less obligated to do something or say something because you're not going to see that nurse again. Right. Like that's, that stuff happens. It's True. annoying. Yeah, good point. So when, you, when you're going and giving a nurse-to-nurse um, end-of-shift report, this is how I give my report, and usually you're the same way. So I have my report. I start with the name, the age, code status, are you a full code, DNR, partial, maybe you're a DNI, isolation precautions. We go over diet, allergies, the patient's admitting diagnosis, and I usually always give the date of when the patient arrived. Then I go into like relevant um, history or that diagnoses during this time. The consultations with doctors on a case, sometimes I'll um, give the reasons why. And then I go into like the the chain of events. So, you know, patient came in for a shortness of breath. You know, this day he got a chest, uh, chest x-ray or he got a CT scan on this day. What are the chronological events that led the pa- patient to where he is today? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I go like through the review of systems. You have your regular, you know, neurological, respiratory, cardiovascular, GIGU, skin, wounds, um, AccuChecks, you go over um, line access, drips, medications, lab values, and you go into microbiology, antibiotics, uh, plan of care, status, family, and maybe some gossip at the end. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a wrap. Yeah, that's, that's legit. That's legit how how it should go. Like that's from your from A to Z right there, head to toe, everything in that order. 
So you always want to start with the history, why the patient's there, a little bit of a story, move on to the systems. You can always give some backstory in that, your eyes and nose. And then you can always break it down a little further with the diet sugars, like Matt said. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a whole cascade. But once you get, get it down, it just flows. Yeah. And, and I think this is the best way to give it because you have, you paint the big picture of what's going on in the whole story. And then you go into the chain of events and the review of uh, assessments. And then the nurses are going to know what specific assessments they should focus on in the report because they know what's going on with the patient. Yeah. And some nurses are all over the place and you'll get better over time with this. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Just like you mentioned, you get tips from older nurses and you keep creating and crafting your end of shift report so it's better and better. Yeah. It's always good to have like a little synopsis at the end of the highlights and exactly what you did that day. So tell them, you know, high sodium. So you you added, you know, 0.9 or you added saline flushes to the basin G2. Like tell them what you did that day that changed the patient status. Or that that changed from the day, the day prior or the night prior. Yeah, just be specific in that because a lot of things that you do on, on days has almost like a larger effect than on, on nights because you don't do too aggressive treatment on nights unless you really have to intervene with something. Yeah, kind of kind of leave that towards the day if you could wait because there's more support and if something were to happen, you got more support there and it's safer outcomes essentially. You make a very good point, mm-hmm. and you know when you give a report, you also could tell how good the nurses and what's going to like happen also because yeah. it's really hard i feel like in healthcare there's that transition that i always mention where you go from task to actually like holistically taking care of the patient and being able to dictate care and tell the physician what you need more from the you know from yourself to better to be a better advocate for the patient yeah yeah for sure and some tips that we could probably give to you how to better report is well. This is for giving notes. We'll give a notes. Then I would say for sure be more be more objective than subjective, because objective objectivity is like the main focus in, in a hospital in, in acute care. And like subjectivity isn't really necessarily in majority of the time. But you can just add it for a little bit of flavor when you're having a conversation. But be more objective than than subjective. You're gonna give a report or how to improve your report or even when you're doing notes and just things like things like that. Because sometimes you have these nurses and you, and you know what kind of report is going to be based on how the nurse gives report. And a lot of times there's a lot of subjective information that is just opinionated and little bits, little, bit of go- little bits of like gossip and what they talk with the family. And it doesn't really necessarily be needed to, to be stated. It's just there to just, you know, use as like talking points. That's why I'm never a fan of reading nursing notes. Mm. When I always start my shift, I always look at the in my specific field, I always work, look at the intensivist note. And that gives me the synopsis of what's going on, what I should be expecting, how we're treating this patient in every single little disease process. Mm-hmm. And that's all I need. And yeah, you're right, because sometimes reading a nurse's note, it's not objective, it's subjective. And I don't need to hear that extra jargon, you know. My favorite part is when a physician have a note and have the dates listed of when a patient came into ICU. So it says like six 615 patient intubated, 616 fluids added for this, uh, 618 patient stable, and pa- like next day on, it says patient deconditioned, so we did this and that, and it goes day by day, because then it gives you like a really good piece of information, especially if it's your first time with that patient, and the patient's been there for a week. Not all physicians do that in their notes, but I love when they do it, like up top right there, so you can read it, you know exactly what's going on day for day. And that's always so beneficial. Yeah. And I literally just copy that down and I give that to my nursing report. And, and that's all you need for a mm-hmm. good report. 
Another tip when it comes to giving a or creating a great note is look, just read other notes from veterans. Usually they know how to differentiate like facts and provide uh, great insight. Mm -hmm. And they're also, they they also could be great mentors. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't know how to give a great report, look up to other people, ask your charge, ask another, you know, fellow nurse and read notes and just take insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be specific to the event that happened. So let's say you transfer a patient, you know, it could be something simple, like patients stable from 0800 to, to 1200, discharge orders received at 1230, patient transferred out of the, out of the unit 1245. No, because they want you to write an end of shift report or like a transfer note or whatever they, they, they want to call it. So something simple like that, to the point. Yeah. You, don't, you don't really have to say what you did or anything. Just say the patient was stable because all that matters and you got the orders and you sent them out. Yeah, and, and usually in like the EMR, you're already charting, hey, RT happened this time. You exactly. already called your physician. This was a critical value that you report. So note, it's like yeah. the note is, I feel like it only increases liability. Yeah, it so, does. And, it, and this is uh, going into the next point, which is give details instead of like conversations, yeah. right? The worst thing you can do is include a dialogue that you had about the patient between you and the physician. Mm -hmm. There's no need. Now that you heard our previous podcast episode, the progress notes are used in uh, legal issues, right? In malpractice mm -hmm. lawsuits. And a patient could access that information now. Yeah. So there's no need to be writing gossip, writing extra stuff. You're already charting. It's already there. There's no need to double up your charting that could slip in the cracks and cause an issue for you down the line. Yeah. If you want some some benefit of writing a note, then don't make it a story. Make it straight to the point about an event. It shouldn't be a story, it should just be an event. Patient became hypotensive, called Dr. Hussein, physician order, levofed at five mics an hour to, to start. Yeah. Patient blood pressure improved. Or we'll titrate so accordingly, that's it. You just yep. describe the event, that's it. It's not, you're not giving an opinion on why the patient became hypotensive. Very objective. Just straight to the point, what happened, that's it. Nothing actually, not, not, no thoughts, no emotions, not what you think should have been, been done, not why you think the patient is hypotensive, nothing. Not what the family said, just leave it straight to the event, and that's it. Short and sweet to the point, straight yeah. business. I feel like it's a lot of nurses also include medications mm -hmm. that were like given, which is okay, but also like listing out orders and stuff like that. That's a doctor's responsibility to update progress notes on their behalf. That's their, their responsibility. First of all, putting in orders. Mm. So there's no need to be, you know, saying how blood pressure is this and metoprolol, you know. Just be very detailed. You know, patient tolerated, hemodialysis fine, two liters removed, vital sign stable, VSS, continue to monitor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> My yeah. OG line right there. Right, VSS, yeah. And I don't really write that much, that much notes. I don't think it's really necessary unless there's some reason or form where you can't put it in the chart somewhere. Ever since C-19 happened, they weren't checking as much. I stopped doing notes. Mm -hmm. No one has said anything, and I'm good. I haven't done it since. My chart is meticulous, and that's all that matters. And I, great, I give great patient care. Mm -hmm. Nobody's on my ass. I'm happy they're happy. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't, I don't, even back in Chicago, I don't write someone's notes. Like I said, if it's if it could be charted on in the regular chart, there's no reason for me to write a note. Somewhere to happen, and hey, whatever is in the chart, you know, I did write a few notes in the past because there are situations where I couldn't figure out where to chart it, and I would do a note. Yeah, and nobody, and, and I knew there's a way to access it, but I couldn't figure it out. And my superiors or supervisors didn't know how to access it either, so I would just put a note. 
and told me, hey, just put a note. Yeah, and just covered, you know. And just like you mentioned, like, and if I were to do it or they're making you do it, make it short, brief, just mm-hmm. like we always have said and say during this episode. Yeah. One to two sentences, you're good to go. Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, we talked about everything end of shift duty wise, how to give a good report, how to tidy up your room, what to do last minute, and how to give good report and some solid notes. Yep. Have a good day, guys. Peace. Bye-bye.